Hey everyone, I'm Luke Manna, and welcome to City Lights Global Focus Podcast. You know, in the midst of an ever-changing world, it is so easy to scroll through all these headlines and wonder, God, where are you? So with this podcast, we really want to slow down and discover all that Jesus is doing across the globe. So join us as we share stories and conversations with our global partners, as well as discussions on specific topics related to God's mission. Well, it's super fun to sit down with John and Rachel today as our Global Spotlight uh, Focus partner, (laughs) and they have moved to Central Europe just four months ago. And so, as I shared in the last episode, the purpose of this um, is just for people, assuming people, not everyone knows you guys, and so that they would get a chance to really hear you, uh, have a conversation with you, hear your passion and your heart, um, and start getting to know you guys, um, because we don't want you guys to be out of sight, out of mind. We're thrilled to be able to send you to Central Europe and for what you're doing there. Um, but yeah, for this first episode, I just want it to be an introduction. And so kind of first question, the big question um, for you guys, John and Rachel, is you've been there four months. So go back just four months in time and maybe even further. But why Central Europe? How did God call you there? Yeah, so um, we were both uh, students at Grace University. And um, back in 2017, we had the opportunity to go on a choir tour um, of Central Europe um, with uh, Dr. Zilke, um, just traveling, singing. And um, we were kind of serving as like the bait to draw people into churches who wouldn't normally come otherwise so that people in the church could make connections with those people that would hopefully last beyond the concert. And so that was our first time in Europe, um, our first exposure to the culture. Um, And so we came back that fall and a couple months into the semester found out that um, the school was closing as of the following May. And um, we either needed to transfer or finish our degree programs. And so I was a junior at the time, John was a sophomore, and we decided that we were going to try to finish, which is crazy. Um, Do not recommend. Uh, By the grace of God, we did graduate. Um, And in the midst of all of that, we got engaged and um, had God lay on our heart that we felt like we were supposed to supposed to go to Central Europe uh, for long term missions, which had not at all been on our radar um, prior to that. Uh, it, it happened for us uh, as a part of Grace's annual missions conference, um, which we went to just looking forward to the week off from homework and uh, classes. But uh, God had bigger plans for it than that. And really from just the, the first day of that week long conference, like God started to plant a seed that I guess he had planted a seed before that, but he, he really started to bring us in on what it was that, that he was doing. Um, the, the first day Rachel and I were in a prayer session with some friends. And, uh, as we were, uh, in this prayer session, we had a, a guy come up to us who we didn't know, uh, who sat down in our little prayer group and just kind of took over and started leading us and um, a very strong British accent. And um, yeah, just no idea who he was, but he, he was a pretty charismatic guy. So he just kind of went with it. Um, 
And uh, we went down to the main session afterwards and found out, oh, this guy is the main speaker for the whole conference. He's the president of um, Greater Europe Mission, or GEM, um, which is the organization that we are now with. Um, But he was just talking about the need in Europe, um, the strategic nature Mm. of of Europe in that where Europe goes, the rest of the world tends to follow um, Mm. 10 to 20 years later. Um, And just as he was sharing that um, on average, 2% of Europeans would have a personal relationship with um, Jesus. Um, He also shared that anytime he went to speak at a school or a church or wherever, um, he would pray and ask um, the Holy Spirit to show him how many people that he would be sending to the nations from the group that he was speaking to. And so he shared with our group of 60 students who were left at grace um, that, that he believed that 10 of us were supposed to go to the nations. And just in that moment, we both kind of felt like God uh, spoke to us individually, but at the same time, uh, which, which we didn't realize was, uh, was what was going on. But, um, I think he just really used that, that moment, um, and what, what John Burns shared there. I think we, we had never thought of Europe as being a missions field. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I think we, we had that picture in our minds that like, okay, well, you, you gotta go someplace remote, uh, you need to be you need to be digging wells or uh, or sending grain or or smuggling in Bibles or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, but uh, just as he shared that, we just saw that like no, there's like there's a very deep spiritual vacuum in Europe that's that's formed pretty recently. And then with the recent refugee crises, um, you also have a lot of people who are newly European because um, they're coming from places around the world that um, some of those are a lot harder to access um, with the gospel. And so just the strategic nature of all of these different nations and unreached people groups coming to a place with freedom of speech and freedom of religion, but there being very few people there to, to tell them, um, the good news. John was a lot more receptive to the call than I was. Yeah, I, I was pretty excited when, when I thought like, oh, well, maybe, maybe this is God like saying, um, I mean, I, I was pretty sure that in that moment, God was like, that was supposed to, that's supposed to be you. But I also knew Rachel well enough at that point to know that like, she wasn't a big risk taker, uh, which is one of the things that I loved about her. So I was like, this is going to be a hard sell if there there's ever been one. And so I just sat on it and stayed quiet and didn't say anything to her about it. Um, but the, the next morning we were together in another prayer group that met every day before the start of the, the conference. And just during that time, I, I turned to Rachel and I was like, I guess we'll, we'll try to bring it up, try to test the waters out a little bit. And so I, I decided to make a joke about it. Uh, <laughs> Super uh, smart. Yeah. And uh, I, I turned to Rachel and was like, hey, uh, maybe we should consider international missions while kind of doing some like jazz hand sort of motions like uh, any good husband would when trying to bring up a curious topic of conversation. Um, 
And I just asked how serious he was, um, which I think surprised him because if I had wanted to, I could have just like shrugged that off. Well, but... that's what I expected that she would just laugh it off because I, but it, it was clear at that point that like, okay, I'm not the only one that's been thinking about this, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I think was the one of the first ways that we really saw God affirm that like, okay, maybe or that he, he was working here um, because we, we had already kind of come to this consensus apart from one another. And as we were talking in that kind of initial conversation where we realized like, oh, we both had this moment, um, we decided to make a list of all the different places we had been in Europe and kind of rank them. Um, And basically what we determined is that we would go anywhere except for this one specific city that we just hadn't loved as much. Um, And so we said, Mm -hmm. you know, God will go anywhere except for here. You probably know what's coming. Um, But after that, we went down to the next main session and we decided to talk to John Burns, the main speaker afterwards, Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, he kind of verbalized the call. So he probably knows something about what next steps would look like. And so we, we go up to talk to him. And before we introduce ourselves, we just said, hey, you said that there you thought there were 10 people who were supposed to go. And we think we're two of those people. Mm. And he said, well, this is going to sound really strange. And I don't know if you remember me or not, um, but we were in a prayer group together the other morning. And as we were praying, I just, I feel like the Lord has something for the two of you in the specific city (laughs) that we said that we were not going to go to, which was just like, what? And then he proceeded to ask our names and what we were studying and if we were together, like he knew yeah. nothing about us. But just as we talked more, he and shared more about our lives, about our, our interests, um, Rachel's background in theater and, and mine in counseling. And he was just like, you know, I really think that that God has uniquely equipped you to be able to serve in this this city with the, the team that's there and the ministries that they have going on. And so I just... I would ask you guys to just take some time to pray about it. I'm not the Holy Spirit or anything, but I, I think that might be where God might be leading you. So that was another big like affirmation moment and a really clear direction on the where to go. And then I think after that, we went and found uh, Dr. Schmidt, Mike Schmidt. Some of you may know him, um, who's mm-hmm. the head of the Intercultural Studies Program at Grace, which we were not a part of. But we went to his office and just shared this whole story just to kind of be like, are we crazy? (laughs) Is this a good idea? And um, it was in that moment that he shared that about six months ago, he had felt like he needed to start praying that we would consider going overseas to serve and that he had been praying for the location specifically that we were, were feeling drawn towards. And that was before we were engaged. That was... Like, it just didn't make sense for him to start praying that other than mm. that, like God used that as another kind of affirmation. Um, and then he and his wife, Lorraine were really faithful to walk with us, like through the whole process of getting to the field. And even now that we're here. So that was just another really beautiful gift. But I think within like 48 hours, we had really several big affirmations of this calling that was not at all on our radar prior to any extent. (laughs) Yeah. 
And so it, it just, I mean, from that point, we, we started taking small steps towards, uh, towards this. It took us about no, exactly four years. Yeah. Four years from the point where we oh, had wow. the call to when we landed here four months ago. The, the week that we landed here, I think this is really cool, is the same week that the missions conference had occurred four years mm, prior. Which that is I, cool. And it helps us to, I think, remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, it's been so clear throughout the process that like God's fingerprints have just been all over it. And so that that's been incredibly comforting and confirming, especially now that we're here and like, and I mean, along the way too, there were a lot of hard moments um, mm. and, and we could look back to those, mo- look back to that beginning and that call and know that like, okay, God was at work. Like he saw us through that. Um, mm. And he's going to see us through this too. So that's how we got here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. John and Rachel, I love I love that story because while you were at Grace, if I remember right, counseling and our long term cross cultural missions was not on your radar. Not at and all. Just, not remotely. <laughs> and just how God intersects into normal lives and like has totally rocked your world. And you've been faithful. You've given him your yes. And now you're in Central Europe. Um, it's just amazing. So since he's giving Jesus your yes, um, I'd love you guys to just reflect with us. How have you experienced Jesus's faithfulness in that process, that four-year process of like, is this, are we crazy? <laughs> is this really what we're doing? And also even in the last four months, because um, I can imagine it's been a whirlwind of four months for you guys. One of the biggest ways that we've experienced God's faithfulness is in support raising like building the team of people who are praying and who are financially supporting us being able to be here um, to do what we hope to be able to do. We saw God bring in the support in the span of one year, which for for raising support for a long-term ministry is not super normal. Especially during COVID. Yeah. And just the way we got to meet different people along the way, who we, we had no idea most of the people who would be on our team when we started the support raising journey, but just the way that God faithfully brought people, not because we were working hard or Mm -hmm. using the right strategy, or we gave a really smooth presentation, but just that God had really handpicked those people. And, and built so many, I think, cool friendships and relationships that we never would have had along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, people that now, I mean, they, they feel like our, our family um, in a lot of ways that mm-hmm. we didn't know before we, we stepped into all of this. And so that's just, that's been incredible as well. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that has been um, City Light coming along as our ascending church. Oh, yeah. About halfway through our support raising process, or maybe even a little bit less than that, we we were still both working full time. The company I was working for was having a lot of turnover things, and, and it got to the point where they were going to have to shut down parts of the organization, and I, I got word that I was going to be laid off. Right around the time where that happened is when we had the opportunity to uh, to sit down with City Light and share about what it ha- what has been going on. Because it was City Light's first time sending mm. global workers, 
there was a lot on on the end of the church to like think through and and pray through before they could make a commitment. And so it was in the midst of John losing his job. We had reached out to Robin, who was our contact at the church at that point, just to give her an update. And um, she went to the pastors and they were just like, well, we just determined that we're going to send them. So why don't we just bring them on staff to finish (laughs) raising their support and they can like help with some stuff, which was such an answer to prayer. And actually it was a prayer John had been praying since we started like the sending church application process. And he was like, I'm just really praying that God would make it so that we could really get to learn and grow in the context of the City Light staff. And I told John, like, that's kind of crazy. Like, that seems like too much. I'm not going to pray for that. And then six to eight months later, God brings us on staff, which was a huge gift because we were both burning out, trying to work full time and then come home and do effectively another job. And so that was just... um, a real gift um, in so many ways, but I think it helped us to to be able to go to the field more well equipped and yeah. more well rested mm-hmm. than we would have been otherwise. You were right. God really opened that door just to take care of you guys in that season, but also that that's really helped you build your team too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Would you mind sharing kind of where you're at now? Uh, what's your plan? What does your life look like as you're building a new home? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, we've had a lot of really incredible experiences over the course of the past four months, as well as a lot of big challenges. I think we, when we arrived here back on February 24th, it was also the day that, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a, we, we came here to, to find a very different Europe than I guess what we anticipated landing in. So from the second day we were here, um, our team was helping to provide, um, housing for people who were coming out of Ukraine and moving on to other places. So the, the whole conflict has really shaped our time here and, with the apartment that we have right now, which is a temporary apartment, it's much more spacious than what just the two of us needed. And so it was maybe a month into being here, would you say? Yeah, that we decided to start opening our home to people, both who were just passing through and then others who needed a little bit of a longer term stay. So we had the opportunity to host two different families, one that was just an overnight and then another that stayed for about six weeks with us. And that was challenging, but also just an incredible blessing in so many ways. They they became friends and family to us over the course of the time that they spent with us. And, and I think God just really used that time to show us what he means when he says that like, it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Like I, mm. yes, we opened our home, but I felt like we got so much more than we gave during that time. Well, just the connection that God gave us, which was one of the things that a few people were specifically praying that, that God would just place the right family in our home and that we would have this supernatural connection with them. And we really did. They had had to leave their, their pet cat behind and Mm -hmm. we have a cat. So like when they moved in, our cat wasn't just an annoyance to them 
but but kind of a comfort um, and mm. something they really they just loved. Even um, though he broke into their room several times and stole some of their food. Yep. <laughs> or one of the family members um, is a professional artist. Um, and so even with there being very significant language barriers as a fellow creative person, I had an almost instant connection with yeah. her because she could share her art and explain like her process, um, through a translation app. And then we could converse about it. And we ended up getting to celebrate birthdays with them while they were here. They came to Easter with some of the house churches that gathered, um, on that Sunday and God provided someone who could translate the service like two minutes before it started, just like wow. crazy things where I think at the outset, it felt really overwhelming to me. And just like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to have the capacity for this? And while it was challenging, like God just provided in that in that time. And when they left, we were just truly like missing them and really thankful Mm. that they had been in our home and yeah, are just continuing to try to stay in touch as we can and uh, make sure we're praying for them and keeping the war in mind because it is ongoing, even though it's maybe not as much on the forefront of the news and things. Uh, And then like our day to day now, um, is a lot of language school, a lot of language Mm -hmm. school. Language and culture is our bread and butter and air and water and everything. (laughs) Um, Full-time job and your hobby. Yeah. Yes. Um, So that looks like us going to school Monday through Thursday. Um, We have homework outside of that. And then we go to Schrock cafes, which are Mm. these places where you can go to speak the language you're learning with people who know the language and people who don't. And they kind of facilitate conversation and then just trying to figure out what it looks like to actually live here, which feels like it takes a lot more effort than it should Mm. (laughs) a lot of days. But uh, yeah, just I mean, everything has a different system than what we're you're used to or accustomed to from going to the grocery store to crossing the street like it. have to learn a full new way of doing everything and it's you you leave a place where it was like okay i'm i was highly competent i knew how to navigate all sorts of complex situations that i never really even had to think about um and then all of a sudden it's like you go back to being a toddler um in a sense and you have to learn everything over from your basic words to to, how yeah. you get your Amazon packages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, it's, it's, you're just kind of constantly being barraged by all of that. And so it's, it's exhausting. And so we've, we've been grateful for our team that's just been super supportive as we've gone through that process and, mm-hmm. and helping to show us the ropes. Just be there to say, like, it is normal. Like, it's okay if you're maybe second guessing your whole life right now. (laughs) Like, this is, this is part of the process and Jesus is with us in this process and he holds Mm. space for our questions and our, our doubts. And I think there can be a lot of fear just with there being so many things that are unknown that even in that, like that, that he's with us, 
you don't think about how many things you know how to do until you're in a position where you don't know how to do any of those anymore. And it's like, I just want, I just want to go and order a cup of coffee. And it's like, wait, do I have the language to do that? Yeah. 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 You guys, I just, I know we've talked about this, but hearing that the beautiful thing is dependence, dependence on God, dependence on Christ will never mean the same for you guys again. Um, You truly are experiencing that and that he's faithful. I see that in you guys. So it's beautiful. With that though, how, how is it learning a language? You make stupid mistakes sometimes, which is you just got to laugh. So what was one of those for you guys? <laughs> yeah. So some of the first sentences you learn are things like, how are you? I am well. Where are you from? I'm from here. You know, different things like that. And so we have been here maybe six or so weeks, six to eight weeks just barely getting into language school. And I had never used any of those phrases outside of the context of the classroom where you speak with your fellow students and you ask them how they are like 10 times. They don't really care. You're just going through the motions practicing. And so one day I was on my way to language school and the postman was putting mail in all the different mailboxes as I walked out. So I just said, hello. And he said, um, hello. And then he's like, how are you? And I said very eloquently, good. And he said, where are you from? Are you from England? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) I am just in complete shock that someone is genuinely asking me these questions in another language. And I just kind of froze up and started lying. Um, without intending to <laughs> just agreeing to whatever it was that he was saying, not really <laughs> comprehending what it was that he was saying until after the conversation passed. Yep. And so that was the whole conversation. And, and I, that you told him that you'd been here for four years. I, but she was probably walking away like, wow, if she's been here for four years and her language is this bad, that's concerning. <laughs> oh, I love that. Thanks for sharing, Rachel. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to just Uh, keep us informed. I hope this is helpful for our church to get to know you just as your real people that Jesus is using in big ways. He can intersect normal people's lives and forever use them to, to reach the nations, to continue on his mission. So with that, how can we best be praying for you as you think of this next quarter kind of coming up? Uh, Housing at this point is the biggest thing. The city that we're living in is having a major housing crisis And it is very, very difficult to find a place even just to rent. We've probably inquired on at least a hundred different places at this point and still don't have anything. And so we're just, we would just ask that people would be praying that God would open up a door here soon. A a literal door would be nice Mm -hmm. to an apartment that we could walk into and rent. Um, Yeah. As well as just continued faith that like he will provide there because it it is a little disheartening when you like go through the process over and over and over and over again and nothing's coming of it um Mm. it's there are moments where it's like okay like did we make a mistake is this really where god wants us are we are we not looking at the right places are we not um praying hard enough yeah (laughs) all those things go through your head yeah and so just i think 
probably that may even be the bigger prayer request in the apartment itself is just that we would continue to know and remember that like God is here. Like he, he will provide in things like that, whether it be an apartment or the ability to be able to speak the language or to adjust to the culture or to build new relationships. I mean, whatever that may be, that constant encouragement, I think that that comes from him uh, is what we're most in need of. And kind of, as you'd mentioned as well, the openness and stamina to continue being learners just all the time, because it can be really tempting to just shut down, but also the wisdom to know when to rest. Well, we will definitely be praying. Um, we're thrilled to be sending you guys and just to speak for the church. Thank you for being faithful. What you're walking through it's one of the hardest things anyone can walk through, but you're doing it because you love the people that God has called you to serve. So thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you. We're really, we're really thankful for our city light family and yeah, you all have been reaching out and sending emails and cards. The city light kids drew us a whole bunch of cards and pictures that have been hanging mm-hmm. in our kitchen. Like we have been really encouraged and just thankful that you all are, are sending church family. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Global Focus Podcast. You know, my hope is that we all can take another step forward in engaging with God's mission that He graciously invites all of us into. This could look like becoming a sender by adopting one of our global partners. You can do this by signing up to their email list, reading their updates out loud over the dinner table, regularly praying over their requests, and even supporting them financially. Finally, if God is doing something in your heart and you want to discover more about how to engage in God's mission to grow and to serve in this area, we would love to hear from you. So please reach out. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.